Welcome to the Something Something Experience Podcast, Episode 74. I'm Michael John Simpson. We're back. After a six-month hiatus, it was time to start up again. The last half of 2016 was a rough one, and 2017 has already presented its emotional challenges as well. Recently, folks have been asking when the podcast is coming back, and have given me a gentle nudge to do my thing. I would particularly like to thank former guests and friends Andrew Holgeen and Greg Proops for their encouragement and support in helping me get back off the ground again. This episode features gender-neutral fashion and shoe designer Nick Casey. First of all, I must convey my deepest and sincerest apologies to Nick for the very, very late posting of this episode, which we recorded in July 2016, just before New York Fashion Week. Nick was very excited in anticipation of taking their work to New York, and this episode was meant in part to help promote Nick's participation. However, the episode never got posted, and that's on me 100%. That being said... I discussed it with Nick, and we decided that there was enough good, relevant material to still post it, and Nick said they were more than willing to come back to chat about new work soon. Nick and I chatted about fashion, gender neutrality, tattoos, art, and politics. It's great to be back. Here's episode 74 of the Something Something Experience. Hi. Hi. How are you? Good. Nick, good to meet you. Um, Yes, um, we're mutual friends with, uh, um, with, uh, oh, sure, um, oh, we're blanking <laughs> on names, oh, no, no, Erica Heathman, yes, okay, Erica yes, Heathman, that's uh, right, yeah. uh, connected us, so. yes, that's great, um, so you're, uh, you're fashion designer, uh, yeah, right now shoe designer, shoe designer, yeah, and specifically then accessories, shoes. yeah, and accessories, yeah. cool, um, and I gathered from um, from what I've seen of your your work, it's it's uh, geared with with certain demographics in mind, or not, or maybe. Or well, the the demographic in mind is everybody. Everybody, okay, yeah, cool. So it's really cool. breaking that like gender barrier of okay. how like shoes were have always been traditionally designed like for a man and for a woman, and just kind of being part of this movement of how. Everybody should be able to wear whatever the hell they want. I'm all for that. <laughs> yeah. I'm all for that. If it was up to me, my nails would be painted, right. and I'd be able to wear a skirt to work once in a while exactly. if I wanted to. You and, know? and why shouldn't we be able to do right. that? You know? And especially, um, I think fashion is one of the areas, one of the few areas where traditionally, in terms of gender roles go, women have a lot more freedom than men do. Right. Um, which and everywhere else, that's not the case, you right. know, as much. But but because women can wear, um, you know, business a business attire for a woman can be pants and, a, and an open shirt and a, and a jacket. Right. But men have to wear a suit and a tie right. and everything like that. Right. And and I worked at an all girls school, and the the male employees were always trying to push toward getting rid of the tie. Can we get rid of the tie? Can right. we get rid of the tie? So we had to wear a tie every day, right. and. You know, I don't mind dressing up on an occasion, but I don't want to be one of those guys who wears a tie every day. Right, so. yeah. But. Yeah, I mean, the whole, you know, back in the day when, like, women had to, like, fight for the right to wear pants. Oh, right, right. It's like, well, why aren't men allowed to wear skirts mm-hmm. and dresses? Mm-hmm. Because I think, actually, to, like, uh, abolish sexism mm-hmm. and discrimination mm-hmm. is if we actually truly treat it equally. Right, right. And I think right. if if men were allowed to wear skirts, maybe they would actually stop, you know, being so sexist with women in skirts because yeah. they would actually be allowed to wear them right. and understand like, oh, right. this is not 
an objectification kind of thing. Sure, you know? sure. It's just attire, right? Yeah, and I know in terms of the when I've worn what's traditionally considered feminine garb, mm-hmm. um, I feel different right. than when I wear men, you know, men's clothes, right. um, quote unquote men's clothes. Yeah. But you know, and I have a couple skirts. There's a there's a little there's actually even pictures of me on Facebook, and um, my wife had a uh, a little Catholic schoolgirl plaid skirt that. She lost a bunch of weight and doesn't fit her anymore. She gave it to me. And so when I, there's a picture of us. She got a new one. Yeah. And there's a picture of both of us wearing skirts out nice. to a club one night. Awesome. So, and I, lo- I love that. And, yeah. and I used to wear skirts back in the 90s. Occasionally you'd right. see like Trent Reznor and you always saw David Bowie yeah. in different clothes and things like that. So mm-hmm. um, it, it was always very, very freeing. You know, I have a couple kilts, but it's not the same. Right. You know. Yeah. And I've always um, kind of realized that that a lot of what we consider modern feminine fashion things were all initially worn by men right things like makeup and yeah. wigs and right. uh, skirts like in, in the Egyptians um, men wore skirts and women yeah. didn't women were naked basically right. wore like a little chain or, right. or a little something around the waist yeah. and um, high heeled shoes and beauty marks mm-hmm. and you know fans and things right. like that and it was all like men were wearing those right. things yeah. so yeah no I, I think it's like only you know in the past what few hundred couple hundred yeah, years three four hundred like, years maybe yeah, yeah like it's been such an issue and I just want us to just go back to that like mm-hmm. everybody should be able to express however the way they want yeah. and like you know today you want to wear pants tomorrow you want to wear a skirt right you really right. Who the fuck cares? Exactly. You know, what's exactly. the big deal? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, I wish I could, I, like I said, I wish I could have my nails painted all the time because that's really, really, truly who I am. Right. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, some, some jobs I've had, it's okay. Mm-hmm. They're like, yeah, whatever. We don't care. And so other ones are like, mm, you right. should, mm, yeah. that's, you know, yeah. so. You know, in California, technically, nobody's supposed to be able to tell you anything about right. that. You should, you're <laughs> supposed to be able to just wear what you want. And, you know, in some, some companies, they have a uniform where everyone wears pants or, you know, right. um, like in uh, some restaurants or things like that mm-hmm. as well. But mm-hmm. um, I think that's in terms of functionality or, or you know, protecting the legs or, you know, right. from, you know, spattering grease or spills or falls yeah. or whatever. So Yeah. And then going beyond, like, I think the whole, you know, uh, breaking that gender barrier in terms of fashion is... You know, when when I was young, looking for shoes, mm-hmm. I always loved more masculine styles. So sure. I was always in the men's section, but never they never made shoes in my size. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then when I would go to the women's section, because uh, that's where I was always directed, I would go to the women's section, and then the shoes would be like supposedly the same style, but the proportion is totally different, mm-hmm. and somehow it's been feminized. Right, you know? slender, yeah. or have slender lines. Yeah, or... like, and then all of a sudden, I, put, I would, like, put it on, and I'm like, okay, the size fits, but now I look like I have, like, mini feet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, why, mm-hmm. why, did, why is that necessary? Right. Why couldn't they just make, like, the same exact pair of shoes right. in my size, right? Yeah. So that's why when I started this company, I was like, you know what, fuck that, like, I'm gonna just make shoes that you know, the first co- collection was like shoes that I've all I've always wanted to wear, and basically just you know design a bunch of shoes I've always wanted. Oh yeah, I never find. And then size ranges from thirty four to forty seven, which is for me like a genderless sizing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but if translated, it would be like a US three and a half to a men's fourteen. Okay. So that's a huge size huge, range. Yeah, yeah, size range. Yeah. Um, and um, 
you know, everyone pays the same price for their shoes. Nice. Like, there's no, oh, that's another thing. Yeah, yeah you know, yeah, it's yeah. like, why, why do men traditionally have, like, better quality shoes for cheaper, mm-hmm. whereas women have, like, less well-crafted, you know, like, the use... I, I don't know what it is. I, don't, I think it's maybe, like, they expect the turnaround to be faster, mm-hmm. so they don't need to make it right. so well. You know, everything's glued. You know, there's sure. no real stitching. Right, right. Um, men's shoes are, you know, stitched. Right. Right? And, uh, and yeah, and then they charge women... No, way more like, yeah, yeah, for, for less fabric yeah, less exactly. materials less yeah. less quality yeah i mean i i think the i, I guess i guess it, it, it's always been that thing of planned obsolescence mm-hmm. not only in terms of wear but in terms of wearing mm-hmm. in terms of like a woman it, it might not wear the same pair of shoes twice to a function right. like she'll wear them this show wears the same pair of shoes to work every few days, yes. but she's not going to wear the, the the that pair of shoes with a cocktail dress or whatever and go to a party right. or go to a club to, because there's that whole thing of, for some reason, there's that thing of being seen as if you don't have a different outfit every time, you're right. less than <laughs> right. somehow or not, you're poor, or I don't know what it is, it's yeah. something along those lines. Right. It's a lot of things about that, about fashion from that, that perspective mm. that I've never really understood. There's a lot of real impractical things built right. into it. Right. And obviously it has to do with money. It has to do with yeah. with people who make, sell, make, etc. They want people to keep buying new things. Right. It's like light bulbs. You know, They made yeah. the light bulb purposely to burn out after a certain amount of right. time so that you'd buy more light bulbs. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we've, we've been so like brainwashed, I think, oh, to, yeah. to just... Like, By like, consumerism. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah. without question. Yeah. So, so what kind of... Um, like okay, so I'm a I'm a I'm a man, uh, uh, whatever that means, and um, I I wear a size twelve or thirteen. Okay. What could I expect to pay for a pair of shoes if if that's okay to yeah, ask? Yeah, of course. Uh, we start at right now we're having a sale, so it's less, but it's usually the our basic uh, derby, mm-hmm. like a classic derby, uh, is three hundred. Okay, and then. It, Goes up to like three twenty five, three fifty, mm-hmm. four hundred. Mm-hmm. Uh, the monk boots are are four hundred, um, mm-hmm. and it's just you know it's really well crafted. It's made in Portugal. It's premium leather. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're Blake stitched, um, and because it's a really small quantity that I'm mm-hmm. working with, mm-hmm. so oh, they sure, also sure. cost a lot more sure. to make. Uh, the idea is hopefully that you know once the brand takes off and people start buying the shoes like. Larger quantities will be produced, and then the price right, can right, start sure. dropping. Because we'll ideally, like again. my dream is that it's accessible for everybody. Sure, sure. Um, because I want, you know, genderless or like gender equal shoes should be accessible to everybody. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, so, so it's really very hard because, like, even when I started doing the pricing at first, I was like, oh, it's kind of killing me to have to charge a lot. But you know, people pay a lot. Even for sneakers that really don't cost that much to make, right? But for the name, people will sure, pay for it, sure. you know. And a good pair of like Italian shoes or Portuguese or Spanish yeah. shoes, they do normally cost this much. Oh yeah, and even well, a lot of your Italian shoes or whatever, eight nine hundred dollars. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. in you fact, would, my neighbor is a, a sh- like third generation shoemaker, and I had him look at my shoes and like give me his honest opinion, and he was like, you know what? If Nordstrom was carrying this, you could charge like eight hundred dollars for it. And wow. I was like, 
oh, okay. He's like, how much are you charging? I'm like, 300. Like, no, 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 that's too little. <laughs> wow. But that's, yeah. you know, I was still like, that's okay. Like, yeah. I don't mind charging less than what certain people think, right. you know. Um, but hopefully, you know, one day we'll, we'll get there and then people can afford it and cool. maybe it'll be carried at Nordstrom's or something. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Yeah. That's good. Um, so how long, uh, w- what's your background in terms of uh, uh, fashion design, shooting, you know, things like that? What, how long have you been doing this? Did you, you know, like go to college, go to school, get a degree or anything like that? Or uh, did no. you just kind of fall? Kind <laughs> yeah. of, a lot of people that I talk on the podcast to kind of, kind of like edge sideways. A few people went to school, actually went to school for the thing that they do. Yeah. But a lot of people just kind of edge sideways or backed into whatever they're yeah. doing. So. Uh, well, actually... Like, that's my painting. Like, I've always been an Ooh. artist. Oh, very nice. Thank you. Um, I've always been an artist. My degree was in fine arts and advertising, and uh, I've always been very creative. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I never really got into fashion because I think I knew I didn't have the personality because mm-hmm. it's such a throat-cutting, like... Oh, right, So right, competitive, right. you know? And and I'm like, I, I can't compete with that because I'm just, you know, not that kind of personality, right, I think. Right, right. Um, so, so I went into advertising, <laughs> which wasn't probably much better, but I loved it. I being I was a producer for many, many years. Mm-hmm. Um, I did a lot of great projects, but I knew that I've always still wanted to make shoes because nobody was doing it. You know, nobody was making shoes for me and people like me. Mm-hmm. And so finally, I think I just felt like, you know what? I'm single. I'm, I've got no... F- children like i don't mm-hmm. have to worry about risking right. Right. you know because if i fail it's me it's mm-hmm. on me and that's mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. um so so i decided that you know now's the time so at i think what 38 39 i quit my job a really great job that was like my dream job and then to pursue another dream right so, yeah oh, that's great yeah that's great yeah. cool um so did you in terms of your artwork, did you ever pursue that in terms of like galleries or sales or anything like that, or you know, selling artwork or or showing, or was yeah. that more of a, more of a part of your degree or or that kind of thing? Yeah, I showed a little bit after I graduated, um, and I think that it was challenging because I remember the the first like official post graduate showing that I did was like at a coffee shop mm-hmm. and. It was like the, you know, historical Little Frida's, like, lesbian coffee house, and I was, like, so proud to be showing my art there. And I remember I was so traumatized with having to put a price on on my paintings. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And so I realized at the end of that was I can't put a price on my paintings because they're, like, my babies, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And so I realized, Mm -hmm. like, oh, you know, I can't be, like, a... Occupational artist because I'll never make any money. Right. Because at the end of the show, I ended up like giving some of my art away instead right. of selling it. Right. Um, because it means something, right. you know. So when I give it, I know I'm like it's my gift to you. Right. I'm not like selling it's not a product, you know. Right. Um, and so even with the shoes, like it was kind of hard at first, also because I'm like, oh, you know, if if nothing else, like I'm going home with like a new wardrobe of shoes I can wear. Mm-hmm. But then when I was like, oh, well, there's so many people out there who have the same problem, so I should make it accessible for everybody. Right. And then it's like, oh, how do I price this? How do I, you know, so having to like go into this very business mindset of like, okay, well, how much does it cost me? How much has it, what does it take to make these shoes and how can I charge for it? Mm-hmm. And they're like my babies, you know? But I just have to like learn to like disconnect and stop 
taking things so personally. Oh, of course, course. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I had the similar issue when I was doing photography and I was going and showing at clubs and doing, like, uh, you know, goth and fetish club gallery shows, Mm -hmm. that kind of thing, and and I never really sold a whole lot um, because I wasn't wasn't really big into the sales aspect of things. And then a lot of people came by and said, oh, I love your stuff, but nobody wanted to buy it. Um, And... You know, and people, even since I stopped really doing new photos and showing, a lot of people have gone back and said, wow, your, your stuff's really great. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not sure if it was my lack of marketing skills or lack of, or maybe my stuff was just shit. I don't know. But <laughs> but nobody wanted ever wanted to buy it. Mm-hmm. So and I, there was one picture that I actually sold to somebody for $100. Mm-hmm. It was a big one, a big blown up one. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had it for years, but then they got married and moved to a real small house and didn't have anywhere to put it. And they wanted like giving it back to me. Oh. And, um, so I have it, it's in my, my room at home now, oh. my bedroom at home now. But, um, yeah. So I, like I said, I don't know. I never quite got the, got the business side of yeah. the art world. Yeah. I and just like to, and for, for the most part, I really just like taking photos. I actually got to the point where I didn't even really like, because that you talk about that thing where every piece is like a baby or yeah. like a child of yours how do you choose between them how do you, it's different when you're painting cuz you're not you're not doing several paintings at once necessarily mm-hmm. you're working on a painting an idea a vision right. but when you're taking photos you're taking multiple photos right. in a whole session yeah. and so how do you choose between all of those individual momentary visions yeah. and and then the whole editing process and all that and i always found that to be really tedious and less interesting than the actual taking of the photos. Right. That was always my favorite part, yeah, yeah. Was, the, was the making of the art, yeah. you know, making of the photos. And art's interesting, too, because it's so subjective, right? So, sure. So what I learned uh, recently, just from, like, having so many new friends who are in this movement of queer businesses you mm-hmm. know, creating gender-neutral clothing, um, one of the things that somebody told me was, like, Sometimes if you just if you charge too little, people actually won't buy it either. Right, <laughs> and you're like, yeah, that was the other I don't, thing How do you too. figure it out? You know, people told me I charge too much. People, other people told yeah. me I charge too little. I'm yeah. like, well, what's the right answer? <laughs> yeah, I mean, exactly. you know, I mean, I've, I've got an, I've got a, uh, you know, I, I'm an, I'm, I'm an unknown person, and I get the whole thing of, you know, fame and and the value of art and all that yeah. too. But, um, you know, I would, I would print out an eight by ten of a photo. And stick it in a frame or a shadow box or something like that, right. and it's like I'm going to charge somebody three hundred dollars for this. Right. And to yeah. me, it was just like because because yeah. there's a, there's also that kind of I guess kind of growing up with my parents. Like my my father was a worldly is a worldly person and has traveled the world and understands the value of art and all mm-hmm. the things like that. My mother and my my stepdad's family they were much more middle American, more blue collar, and didn't really understand a lot of the. Mm-hmm. The, the inherent, you know, what, what, how the world values those things, and especially not in America. But so there's that part of me of, of, well, why would you spend that money on that thing? You know, and, and I kind of applied that to my own work as well. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people were like, you know, and I had all these friends who were, had art degrees and, and were putting their whole life and soul into their work and, mm-hmm. and their painting and going and selling things and being very lucrative for them at least to stay afloat and they they would always always ask me well what's this worth to you in terms of your your time and mm-hmm. your th-? and it's like 
well, they took a picture and got a model and built a set and, and got together. And I got so much enjoyment and fun out of it. It didn't seem like work to me. Right. So it's really hard for me to place a, like a work to, you know, a, a dollars to time yeah. or dollars to work value on it because right. I didn't go through art school. I didn't, I don't have an art degree behind me of yeah. all those thousands of hours of work right. in order to get to a certain point. So I guess I don't really, I guess maybe I felt like I didn't earn it or something, mm. or I don't know. Mm. Well, definitely I would say change that perspective. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, our time is our time no matter what. That's true, right? that's true, that's um, true. It has become my most valued, you know, I'm in my mid-40s now, and and about to turn 46 in a couple of weeks, and, and time has become my most precious commodity. That There's, there's an infinite amount of, of dream and, and passion and love mm-hmm. and... and all of that, but there's finite time is so very, very finite. Right. Yeah. yeah. And you can't get it back. No. So no. I think it's actually priceless. You yeah. can't actually put a price on time. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's ultimately why people are starting to recognize like, yeah, you should charge more because you're actually not charging enough anytime. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I suppose. I yeah. suppose yeah. that time is an infinite, an infinitely mm-hmm. valued commodity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me especially though, my time in terms of what I have to do in order to to pay bills, that is far more valuable. You know, doing the things I don't like to do in order to survive, (laughs) that's a far higher price than anything I actually enjoy doing. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what? um, Where? Where did you grow up? Where, where's, uh, is it, if it's okay to talk about yeah, childhood and things sure, like that? Sure, so. Um, in fact, I was listening to your podcast with Sandra that you were mentioning about, like, your, your childhood and, mm-hmm. like, how your dad wasn't, like, really around. And, mm-hmm. and I, I related it to it very much mm-hmm. because I was born in Hong Kong, but my family, well, my mom moved me to New York when I was, I think, seven. Okay. And, uh, and so I never really had my birth father, like, part of my life for the most of my life Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but my stepfather um, he passed away last year Mm, but he was in my life for like 30 years you know so I feel very much like he's my father like Mm -hmm. that he's my true father because that's the person who basically made the most impression on on me in terms of what it means to be a good man you know Um, but uh, yeah so I grew up in Queens um I, you know, English was like my third language. Third language. Yeah. Um, so sometimes I, I still feel like inadequate in terms of like my vocabulary mm-hmm, and stuff. Mm-hmm. But, you know, um, I got picked on a lot as a kid. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I knew like I, I don't think there's ever been a time that I didn't feel different mm-hmm. and just like an oddball, you know. Were you picked on by uh, American kids or by other immigrant kids? Both. Both. Okay. I always got picked on because, you know, first I didn't speak English, so mm-hmm. I got picked on for that. Mm-hmm. Second, then I was like, you know, always called a chink. Oh, of course, you know? of course. And then later on, because Good I was a tomboy, you know, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. it just kept going. And then um, it wasn't until I think, like, high school that I felt like I started to belong and, like, but I was still very, you know, played into what was expected, right? So I was like, typical high school student, you know, president of this activity or that activity, mm-hmm, this mm-hmm, club, mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. club, you know, and, like, did really well in school, 
um, graduated like I think I don't know like seventh in my class or something okay. like that. Okay. And you know, just you know, always doing what was expected, and so I never really got to explore like my own identity or my mm-hmm. sexuality. I just knew that I was different, and I would have crushes on people maybe I shouldn't be having crushes mm-hmm. on. Um, but I think I just always loved people. You know, I sure. think. I, I always felt like, you know, ultimately it's about what's inside, not outside. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then in college, I think that's when I started to meet people who were discovering their identities. And then I was like, oh, my God, that's totally what I think, mm-hmm, you know. And then mm-hmm. having that meeting of the minds and hel- helping me, like, confirm, like, oh, yeah, like, this is okay. Like, these feelings are totally fine. Mm-hmm, They're totally mm-hmm. normal. Um, and, in fact, how I came out was my friend's we were playing like 20 questions while we were waiting to go into a restaurant. Sure. And then my roommate asked me, have you ever thought about kissing a girl? And I was like, uh, yeah. (laughs) 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 And that was, that was the beginning of the end. Like once that question was asked, I was like, okay, everybody. (laughs) Yeah. This is it. This is what's happening. Yeah. So do you, I mean, um, um, and I hope, forgive me if I don't ask this correctly, but what are what are your pronouns? Oh, yeah. No, that's a great question and much appreciated. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think more and more people are starting to learn to ask mm-hmm, that, so it's mm-hmm. very good. I have a uh, kind of like love-hate relationship with pronouns. I really hate them, mm-hmm. but I, I, I appreciate the fact that like they help people identify mm-hmm. Everybody, understand. As humans, we have to put things in right. categories. Yeah, right. I wish we didn't because I wish I could just... Live in a world where, like, we can look at each other. Just be Nick. Yeah, exactly, right. you know. Uh, so I prefer they if I have they, to. Sure, yeah. sure. Um, only because that I feel like that's the closest mm-hmm. I could to explain how mm-hmm. I feel, mm-hmm. uh, how I identify. But um, it would be great if they came up with something a little bit more grammatically correct. Mm-hmm. The singular yeah, I'm, they I'm, hoping, <laughs> I'm hoping in the next 50 years or so that we're going yeah well I mean really trying to be realistic but I would love to have it happen tomorrow but or or even before today but I'm hoping that we're going to that our language is going to adopt adapt um and improve on as more as the as the 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 more truthful information gets out into the world through the internet and through social media and through um more voices being heard mm-hmm. and and the greater the realization of the various spectra that all of us live on in terms of gender identity, sexuality, attraction, mm-hmm. romantic versus sexual sexual nature and how all of us really are kind of like this big three-dimensional ball right. with dot points in the middle somewhere. Right. Um, and how more accepted that becomes, because it is becoming more accepted, mm-hmm. um, slowly by little bit by little bit, um, that, that the language will evolve in order to be able to come up with new words, with new ways to refer to someone. Because, you know, you, even in a regular sentence structure or talking about having a conversation about someone else or about talking to someone else you don't say that person's name throughout an entire conversation right. you do use pronouns in order to make the language flow better but we need more pronouns we yeah. need we need them and I, I like that 
in I think it's uh, in uh, Dutch mm-hmm. there's uh, a pronoun hen mm-hmm. which is a gender neutral pronoun mm-hmm. that they have actually adopted right. and some and I haven't heard it here much <clears throat> but um, but in that you know hen is a complete gender neutral pronoun mm-hmm. I use they there them a lot with anyone mm-hmm. um, like I have to write up these these tech, uh, technical tickets at work all the time and I refer to the client whether it's a male female or whatever I always refer to them as they mm-hmm. they they're them so um, and that's it just because mm-hmm. the client and it just makes it completely right. neutral that right, way right. so yeah and I mean like ancient cultures have had like two-spirited pronouns forever sure, sure, sure. <laughs> and I don't know why like it's so hard for like modern societies right. to adopt because all we have to do is just look back into history. Oh yeah, you know? Native Americans too. Yeah. Native Americans. Exactly. They had they had uh, there, there was an article I read, I don't know, probably a year ago about about uh, bonding ceremonies, mm-hmm. same sex bonding ceremonies, mm-hmm. and things like that. And and you know, it, it just amazes me. Like everybody you talk to had that one cousin or that one aunt or that mm-hmm. one person in their family who was different who who didn't adhere to what everybody else and back to education um that's the same story i hear with everybody else too who people who are along the spectrum of something uh, when they get to college they finally find people who are Mm -hmm. who are different like they are or or different non-conforming whereas grade school junior high high school all throughout the country it's all homogenous turnout workers you know i mean that's just this this cookie cutter assembly line right. of say the pledge, learn the pledge allegiance right, yeah. and learn you know and learn the stars boys on one banner, side, girls, girls on, the on one side, side, girls on the other <laughs> yeah. side, and no talking, yeah, and um, you know square dancing and all that stuff. So I would like to see that that notion in college of the free thought and the the freedom of expression and the freedom to discover oneself. I would love to see that trickle downward into mm-hmm. the high school, junior high, yeah. and grade school system. I'd like to see our whole education system be revamped and geared toward the individual mm-hmm. and the individual's aptitudes right. that you spend kindergarten, first, <laughs> second, third grade collecting information from the student. Right. Yes. Teaching them things about the alphabet and the world and yeah. numbers and how to count and how to read and all that. But you're also collecting information from them about what they like, right. introducing them to different types of things, right. different types of work different types of subjects and seeing where they shine and taking right. that instead of like a, you know, A, B, C, D, A, B, C, D, F across the board of every subject, figuring out what subjects they get the A's in. Right. There's going to be those few kids that get straight A's and everything, right. but nerds. <laughs> um, but you, t- you, you gear education toward aptitudes and that feeds into a whole thing of that starts them on a career path through their whole educational career. Right. Somebody wants to be an artist. Somebody wants to be an engineer. Somebody wants to be a mechanic. Somebody wants, you know, wants to go into being a janitor or whatever right. it is. And right. So that people aren't just picking something just because that's all they, the only option they have yeah. when they get out of college, making workers happy and people happy, yeah. and that's beneficial for everybody. Yeah, I mean, that would be great, except that, like, we don't pay our teachers enough. Oh, yeah. Not exactly. enough teachers to do exactly. that. You know, classrooms are overfilled. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then it's just, like, also that that whole, like, gender, like, binary of, you know, this, like, ph- philosophy where they have to teach boys to, like, oh, like these things and girls should like these things. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. If we can change that perspective first, 
that would help, I think, in, in a lot of that. Um, I got an A plus in home ec, so yeah, you know, there right. you go. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, you it's know, starting and, to change though, because I mean, now I think with a lot of these non-conforming kids in high school oh, who are yeah. so open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They actually are changing that course yeah. of history because yeah. they're forcing the schools to face mm-hmm. these, confront mm-hmm. these issues. Oh, which bathroom should you use? Okay, now there's three bathrooms. Yeah, exactly. So and yeah, they're doing that. Yeah. They're doing that. Uh, my 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 daughter just graduated high school. Oh wow! And she, um, they have two sets of transcripts mm-hmm. for her. She came out as trans a year and a half ago. Wow! And. They have two sets of transcripts. The name on the uh, her chosen name was on her diploma, mm-hmm. and you know it's all. It was just like, yep, this is what we're doing. Right. I was really happy, yeah. and we felt privileged to live where we do and have a school district who was really completely understanding of all that. Especially since where we live, there's a lot of white Republicans, mm-hmm. but there's also a fair amount of. There's so many kids who are gay and bi and queer and genderqueer and 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 genderless and and mm-hmm. just everything and trans and all that and our kids, my wife's daughter, my daughter, they all of their friends are just the the, the gay kids. They just called mm-hmm. oh, all you know the gay kids yeah. and, and it really isn't just gay kids. It's right. everybody, right. but they're just kind of like yeah. the LGBTQ crowd and yeah. and it's it's great and it's heartwarming and it, and it's. My ex-wife and I talk a lot about and and get together and have a little cry and a happy cry mm-hmm. about how we did a job of, of raising an open-hearted person who right. was able to and giving them an environment to be able to express themselves. Right, right. Uh, you know, and I'll yeah. I'll try not to break my arm, pat myself on the back here, but <laughs> but my my kid has has friends who whose parents aren't supportive right. and who who they can't be who they want to be and. Right. My kid was taking people to the gay straight alliance meetings at school mm-hmm. and, and and being a support system for people and that right. that's even even more so than our job of, of raising our kid and their and and her journey and all that, the fact that she's able to actually even also help somebody else out, yeah. that's really gratifying. Yeah. So No, totally. Um, you did a good job. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. We need more of that. Yeah. 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 Hopefully we'll get there. Yeah. It's, well, we I think we are getting there slowly. Yeah. I mean, we had a little bit of a sociological setbacks in the in the 2000s, but the 90s sure were promising. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, I'm hoping that we're going to... I don't know. Things are so crazy right now. It's really... It's so crazy. It's so crazy. It's almost like beyond like reason of like how crazy it is like how did how did how did this happen like i don't even understand how do we let it happen and it's funny historians always say oh well every period of history was crazy and every everybody who's in the period of history that they're in thinks that it's the worst time ever and thinks that it's the craziest time ever but there's shit happening now that just yeah i mean yeah it's you know, there were terrorist attacks in the 80s. I remember that. There were terrorist attacks in the 70s. I remember that. Plane hijackings. Plane, plane yeah. hijackings aren't even a thing anymore. Yeah. But, you know, now we all have to take our shoes off at the airport um, and get frisked. Yeah. Um, but, Which is so dumb, too, because right. one time this right. happened. Right. But, like, all these mass shootings still does not work. Oh, yeah. Yeah, nothing gets done. <laughs> yeah. Nothing like, gets done. Hello. Nothing gets <laughs> like done. Like, somebody made a, a very beautiful uh, short video kind of commemorating the fact that like we should all be united and like you know 
all of these mass shootings and 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 in the video it literally like showed you know people and stories of each just in this year mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I literally sat there like watching and crying because I first of all it's unbelievable how many it's already oh, been yeah. for in one year oh, yeah. and then secondly how I didn't know about half of them you know so yeah so there's a lot of discrimination of oh, yeah it happens all over the world oh yeah 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 you know and in a lot of countries that we're not aware of oh we hear about France and we hear yes. about England but we don't yeah. hear about about the Yemen and we right. don't hear about exactly. you know and and you know Istanbul and Istanbul like, yeah and, and 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 you know we only hear about the white, the quote unquote white countries right. or ally countries right. or whatever right. and and you know yeah and then in the middle east it's happening on a even more frequent basis oh, yeah. because of war and what you know we're, we're, they're not on our side or whatever so therefore we don't care oh, no right. we should care it's people right yeah exactly people. it's innocent people and it's unacceptable and the 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 the, the grim reality of all of it is with all this violence everywhere it's all about money. It's all yeah. about people making money off Power. of yeah. arms and yeah. off of land and off of resources yeah. and off of oil and yeah. off of. But it's money all just money. Power. It's greed. Yeah, it's, it's all greed, about greed. Greed, yeah. greed, greed. Yeah, it's it's greed and it's hatred. Mm-hmm. You know, it's prejudice. well. The, the hatred is a product of the greed. It's you yeah. have the few people who have all the resources. And they keep all of us fighting and hating each other right. and fighting amongst ourselves, right. so that we don't grab up pitchforks and, sh- and, and right. torches and go storm the castle. Right. That's what it's all about. Right. It's always been what it's all about. Right. Yeah. You keep us disenfranchised to the point where we turn on each other. Right. And it's like an episode of Game of Thrones. Sure. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Or yeah, or anything else. Yeah. 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 Yes, yeah, it's been going on for for millennia, and mm. and since recorded history, that there's you know a few people went, oh hey, I have I have stuff people want. Yeah, well, I can just I can either share it, or I can dole it out a little bit by little bit, and right. and get more things out of it. Right, and right. yeah, it's just yeah, yeah. So we, I mean, as the the rest of the population, right. if we can stop. Right. And see the reality, mm-hmm. right? And uh, mm-hmm. take off our little glasses and be like, oh. Wait a second. Yeah. What if all we all just pulled together? Right. Right. There's a lot more of us than exactly. that. Exactly. And sure, they may have some guns, but they can't kill all of right, us. And exactly. that's the other part that, that it's easy. Yeah. You know, you got one guy with a gun can keep a hundred people at bay. Right. I was just listening to another podcast, the Jackie and Lori show, and they were talking about about trauma trauma genetics about how how mass trauma of a people mm-hmm. can embed itself into the DNA and stay there for a couple of generations holocaust survivors right. um, they were talking about the uh, the armenian genocide mm-hmm. and and about how and, and Jackie was talking about her grandmother telling the story of the genocide and being marched across Syria that she was in the march and all of her siblings except for two died mm-hmm. during the march across Syria and telling the stories of that and you know it's it's there was one guy with a gun per every hundred people and right. if they really got their shit together and and cl- you know you know got him they could have turned it around right. because you had millions of people versus tens of thousands of soldiers but that one gun makes all the difference and that's the thing that a lot of people the whole gun thing is Mm -hmm. is like 
oh sure, guy can take a, tr- a, a, a truck and drive through a crowd of people and kill a bunch of people that way. But when, but look how regulated, look how regulated cars are. You got to have a license to drive. You got to have a background check. You got to, yeah. but not for guns. Right. When well, but you have to have that for cars. You can kill a person with a car. You have to, the primary purpose of a car isn't to kill people. Right. To get people from one place right, to another. Right. Primary purpose of a hammer or whatever. It's it's like what's a gun's primary purpose? Right. And why is it more regulated because right. of that? Yeah. Because of that one thing. Why is it harder for me to adopt a dog than right. for me to get a gun? Right. Or for a woman to get an abortion right. or birth control right. or 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 or, right. or why is it easier for men to get boner pills than it is for a woman to get an right. abortion? You know, it's like it's yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway. <laughs> Fucking man. I'm off, just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah. It, it's all these things, and, and and they keep rattling around my echo chamber. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, and it's, it's, it's nice to... But it seems to be, despite the media, which I think a lot of people that I know aren't really paying attention to that much anymore... Mm-hmm. In terms of the news, like CNN is just as biased as Fox right. News is. It's et cetera, a joke et now, right? And that what people really truly believe isn't really not what's happening, and that's kind of the way it's always been. It's mm-hmm. like what the what the mass populace really believes and, and holds to be true and holds to be dear doesn't ever get to the the thing the the place where things actually happen. Mm-hmm. That there's that all this money and things get in the way, and right. and we're still fighting amongst each other right. while people make money hand over fist. Yeah, lame, lame. Yeah, totally. Lame. <laughs> but fortunately, we're in a, in a place. One of the benefits about we can we can sit here and talk about this right. and push this out and let people hear it, and we don't have to be worried about our door getting kicked in. Right. Yeah. So yeah. That's not yet, good. anyways. Not yet. Anyways. <laughs> Not yet, anyways. Yeah. No. But yeah, I mean, I hope, I hope that all of this ridiculousness of what's happening is actually going to spark, you know, people wanting to do more. And I feel like it's starting. Mm-hmm. A lot of people mm-hmm. are talking about it, and a lot of people oh, I are agree. Yeah. Protesting, and you know, and I think the LGBTQ community, you know, when we went to the march for, you know, we are Orlando. Mm. Mm. It was such a powerful meeting, mm. you know, so many p- people showed up and, you know, the the message was so clear. It was like, you do not fuck with the LGBTQ community because we have been struggling since day one. Mm. If anyone knows the, a struggle and how mm. to overcome it, it is us. Mm-hmm. So once you start messing with us, like, this is when shit's going to change. There's a line in the yeah, sand. Yeah, you know? Yeah. Well, that's good, though. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, that's good. I, I'm... It's just crazy. It's just been crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Your phone keeps. Oh, does it keep blinking? Up. Oh, yeah. yeah, it it does that. Uh. It's blinking. <laughs> People trying to get a hold of me and yeah, I'm podcasting. What's happening here? Oh. It'll wait. I like your tattoo. Oh, oh, that thank you, yeah. thank you. Yeah, it's a it's infinity an, infin- an infin- infinity heart. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It's great. So my wife and I got matching tattoos for Jeez. our anniversary. Nice. So. Yeah, every once in a while we'll be really gross and make them kiss. <laughs> That's <laughs> sweet, though. Yeah, so, thank you. Yeah, I like your you have a lot of oh, lovely ink. That's a thank lot of you. great stuff. So. Jeremy Swan at Broken Art Tattoo in Silver Lake. All right, he's the cool. Best. I'll put a yeah. link up. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Yeah, he's uh, just really very talented. But more than anything, his energy is just so good. Mm. So that's why I do a lot of very like religious, spiritual. That doesn't you know. is that Sanskrit? 
It is. It's Tibetan Sanskrit. Tibetan Sanskrit. Yeah. Okay, I thought, it was, I thought it looked a little different. I was like, that's not yeah. kanji, and that's yeah. not... Yeah, it's Tibetan Sanskrit, and it's my mantra, Om mm. Mani Padmeham. Mm. And this is the Buddhist goddess Guanyin. Guanyin. And then this is a swallow bird, which is actually in my Chinese character name. Mm-hmm. It's the, one of them, my characters. So, cool. And this is like the wind horse mm. with the Kala Chakra, uh, which is a... Buddhist god. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So one is really about like nurture and peace, mm-hmm. you know, watering mm-hmm. the earth. This one's really about defense and warrior and like mm. fight. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. my yin yang, you know. Oh, very nice, yeah. very nice. So and I love all balanced. the. I haven't seen that many tattoos with that really vibrant aqua mm-hmm. color in yeah, it before. Yeah. That's really nice. Yeah. And it also complements your skin tone very right. well too. So yeah. that's really. Yeah, yeah, that uh, that that around the goddess's head, it's almost mm-hmm. ethereal. Yeah, how light the the aqua color g- is. Yeah, that's, that's also really beautiful. I don't put sunscreen on. <laughs> that's horrible. <laughs> faded, right? Don't tell right? Jeremy. Sorry, Jeremy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I have my first tattoo from twenty five years ago. Yeah. And it's faded. They're supposed to have like an orange moon behind the edge. Yeah. The orange is just practically gone. Yeah. So, yeah. But no, that's very nice work. Thank very you. nice yeah. work. Yeah, he's amazing. He just really gets like what I'm going for. And cool, then, you know. That's really yeah. That's a, a lot of this stuff like freehand. It just yeah, it's just phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so. yeah I uh, I go to a tattoo artist. Um, I had a lot of mine done at a guy named Ray up at um, Altered Flesh in Santa Clarita, and the, this newest one we went to. Um, oh boy, I should know this better. I don't. I can't remember her name at all, but it was my, our fitness instructor has a bunch of really lovely, uh, butterflies and flowers mm-hmm. on her and that were all done by this artist. And that's who we went for these tattoos. And we're already planning our next one. My wife got her first tattoo mm-hmm. and now she's like, wants something else. And yeah. I, next one, I, I'm, it's been long enough. I've been a doctor who fan long enough. I need to get something yeah, doctor yeah. who oriented. And I found one that is kind of like a, like a, a negative space, TARDIS, mm-hmm. all kind of offset, mm-hmm. and you only see part of it. And I'm thinking about getting that on my right forearm. So, oh, yeah, yeah. so I have that. Yeah, yeah. Cool. I kind of like the fact that this one shows. I usually roll my sleeves up, so mm-hmm. this one shows all the, uh, all the time. And mm-hmm. I kind of like that. All the other ones are further yeah. up on my arms or on my legs. Right. And don't show all the time. Yeah, so. like I, for me, you know, your mantra is supposed to be repeated on you mm-hmm. over and over. Mm-hmm. So I I needed it in a place where I could like look at it every day to sure, that. sure. Yeah, I like the Attention. fact that I can see this, and even though it's upside down, I can yeah. I can see it all the time. Right, right, yeah, yeah. So. I'm going to get some more water. Do you need anything? Uh, No, I'll pause. Thank you. So, what do you do besides work? What do you do? um, I mean, are you just doing um, fashion work for for a living, or are you doing other things as well? Well, it's pretty much a full-time job trying to create the brand and, like... Mm -hmm fulfilling what all the requirements are and mm-hmm. you know it's a very time consuming process because i do everything so whether it's like social social media alone consumes like 60% of my oh, time yeah. right so you know most companies have people who handle all of that for them i don't have that kind of budget so i have to do everything myself sure sure and every day is like literally like what should i take a photo of today to post, you know, like, right. and after a while, you kind of start running out of ideas. Like, how many, how, how many ways can I shoot a pair of shoes right. and make it engaging and sure, like, awesome, sure, you know? Sure. Um, 
I've also been very lucky that I have some friends who are, you know, photographers or dabbling and like willing to, you know, shoot with me sometimes and, mm-hmm, and like mm-hmm. do stuff. And, and I'm very blessed. Like I've met so many amazing people who are so supportive. And Great. Like just uh, not yesterday, but the day before, I uh, had one client uh, from Hawaii who have never worn my shoes, haven't seen them only in photos and is like deployed right now. And isn't even going to be back in a few months, but bought, like, two pairs of shoes. Wow. Because they I, they were like, you have my size, and they look awesome, and I want to wear them. And I'm like, don't you want to just buy one, try it on, and then maybe buy another one? And she's just like, no. <laughs> you know, like, it was amazing. And she, like, we emailed back and forth because I wanted to make sure, like, well, you live in Hawaii, so, like, I really want to make sure it fits you. Because, um, you know shipping is very expensive and I wouldn't want to have to like have you ship yours back and you know it's money out of your pocket mm-hmm. um, so I like drew an outline of the insole so that she could just like put her feet on it and she ended up having to go a size down mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. I happened to have in stock so we were very happy about oh, good, the good. outcome and she wrote such a nice email about like this is the best customer service I've ever had oh and, wow yeah like it's little things like that that you, even though like right now I'm like how am I going to pay my mortgage how am I going right, to feed sure, my dog sure, sure but then I get an email like that and have I can build like this new friendship with somebody oh right right that I'm just like it, it's so fulfilling oh, and it's yeah. priceless like yeah. and and it's hard because like yeah part of me sometimes is like you know I'm so financially stressed out I should just go get a job but you know History and statistics have shown that any great company, anything that you start, you can't multitask, you know? You have to focus. Exactly. And so so I'm just going to suck it up and keep focusing and keep doing what I can and, you know, just really trying to kill it right now and, like, doing New York Fashion Week with Dapper Q, doing Queer Fashion Week in Oakland all in September, and just hoping that, like, this fall, this summer, like, we're just going to keep keep killing it, you know, and, and hopefully, you know, get enough exposure that somebody's going to really notice. That would be great. Yeah. That would be great. You know, I would love that because I think it's so needed, and, and people know it's needed, but I, I, you know, I know that the price point is hard, but, like, it's not that hard. Right. You know, people... Compared to other things, no. It's really yeah, not, right? Like, not, you know, those are not... You're not, you're not talking... Like high end fashion prices. Those right. are not high end fashion prices. No, they're totally reasonable prices right, for right. very high quality stuff. Right. right. And <clears throat> I think we just live in a culture where people rather spend like eight hundred dollars on their new iPhone. Right. right <laughs> you know, right. And buy like the latest gadgets. And right. How about shoes that you like literally walk in every day that will last you for a very long time? Mm-hmm. Like, why don't you invest your money in that? Because right. that's your health. Like. Sure. A great pair of shoes that you stand in is going to help your posture the yeah. way you walk. Oh, yeah. Avoid lots of back issues. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. I, it's just really amazing. So, like, my next collection that I've been working on right now is um, <clears throat> uh, called Destiny. Mm-hmm. And uh, it includes high heels. Oh, okay. And so, like, it's very much about, like, the destiny of finally creating a fully gender equal line. Where not only do I have like masculine styled shoes, but I also have high heels, so that no matter like how you identify, whether today you feel masculine or tomorrow you feel feminine, you can wear any of my shoes, right? Um, in the same size range. Very nice. Yeah. Very nice. So hopefully, I think when that comes out, maybe it's gonna, you know, help kick me to up to that next level. Sure. Sure. Hopefully, fingers crossed. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, I have an I have an old pair of. Like knee high, high heeled boots mm-hmm. that I bought 
back in the nineties mm, <laughs> somewhere. Yeah. Uh, probably at a um, there was a there was a store. I grew up in Denver, and there was a store in Denver mm. that catered to the transgendered community, oh, like a kinky and, boots, yeah, like a kinky boots type mm-hmm. place. Um, and uh, I wound up going and getting a, a pair on sale there. Um, and I still have them. I haven't worn mm-hmm. them and tried them on in a long time, but they probably fit me a little better. My calves are a little bit smaller than they used to mm-hmm. be. Um, I so. want to know how a trans uh, centric shoe store in Denver survives. <laughs> There's actually quite the um, LGBTQ community there. Really? There really is. Um, I, we, my ex-wife and I, had a lot of friends there who were who were gay and who also knew. Um, I, I worked with a. I, have a, I was really good friends with a with a woman who was gay, and she used to take me to. In my twenties, I we'd, we'd go out to bars on weekends, mm-hmm. and we'd go to all the all the gay gay bars and gay clubs. We'd go dancing. There was one place that there's some of them that were catered more to gay men, and some of them more that catered to gay women. And there's some that was there was one place I don't remember what it was called now, but there was one place that was all over the map. It mm-hmm. was everybody. It was you know gay straight by trans and just everything all in one place and that was really cool and um but yeah there was one of our one of our friends um well several of our friends were friends with this one uh lounge singer who was a a drag queen lounge singer and um she did her retirement performance Mm. at a little piano bar like a a gay piano bar in Denver and we all went for her final performance and she actually wore it was not in drag she wore a tux and went there and it was just and I was just there and I was here I am you know 20 something cis cis white male straight for the Mm. most part and and there with my wife and all and our our friends at our table and just surrounded by this this rainbow of all different Mm. people in various forms of of you know, on the gender spectrum of identification, it was just really this beautiful thing and very, very eye-opening for me. Of course, the thing that really started my kind of widening of my experience was Rocky Horror. Mm. And even though that's a a very kind of uh, cute, kitschy kind of version yeah. of all of that, at least it's a foot in the, it's a step in the right direction right. in terms of consciousness expansion. <clears throat> and like I said, it started me on my journey in mm-hmm. that way. And because that was the time when I really went, oh, <laughs> everybody's like everybody else. Yeah. Everybody wants the same things right. and wants it, you know, and it, and it really doesn't matter. And it just all just kind of from there. Right. So, and I still have so much to learn. I mean, I'm still <clears throat> find my, I'm still, still having dumb moments all the time. And yeah. I'm 45 right. and, and have so many friends who are on, on, the, on various, you know, fluid gender lines and everything else and and even consider myself a little bit gender fluid in some some ways as well but just how much there is left to learn and how little how narrow my experience has been Mm. and and that's the thing that i have to keep kind of keep reminding myself is is you have no i have no idea what other people's experiences have been like and have to just and but one of the great things about this podcast that i didn't expect to come out of it at all was talking to people of all different walks of life and different experiences and being able to hear those things and incorporate those experiences into my, you know, kind of field of vision, if you will. Right. So yeah. it's been really good. Yeah, it's awesome. It's been gratifying. Yeah. And uh, and humbling, very humbling, too. Mm-hmm. So, so Definitely. I can definitely relate to that, like, with my experience on my journey. 
you know, all the different people who have, like, reached out when they, they heard about me, and we're just like, finally, you know, and, like, hearing their experiences and their stories, and sometimes, oftentimes seeing a lot of the same experiences mm-hmm. and how mm-hmm. we can bond in that way because we've shared these similar experiences and struggles. But then also hearing, like, the different sides. Like, sometimes it's like maybe somebody's wife wants to get... You know, their their husbands or wives and whatnots, you know, a pair of shoes because they know they've always had trouble. Or a mother, you know, writing mm-hmm. to me because their child mm-hmm. has always mm-hmm. been unable mm-hmm. to find shoes. And it's just literally like that whole saying of like walk a mile in someone's shoes. Yeah. It's yeah. literally like that is the experience that I get out of it. It's like I get to walk a mile in their shoes and vice versa. And, and the more I share this story, the more people also get to walk sure, a mile, you know? Sure. So it's like we're all walking together, which is the way it should be. We right. should be walking with right. one another. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so. yeah the, the biggest thing I'm, I'm having to learn is how to be a good ally in terms of <clears throat> not making anyone else's story about me and right. really letting them say their piece. Yeah. But, in, you know, in, in some aspects, I have a journey as well, and that's mm-hmm. part of my journey is learning how to... to step back and give the spotlight to someone else and let them tell their story right. without me going, Hey, I'm, I'm listening to their story. I'm being a good guy, you know, yeah, yeah. you know, and you know, I'm not going to hashtag not all men anyone. So, <laughs> you know, I'm not going to do that. So, um, but, 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 but the socialization that I went, grow, came up with, grew up with all the stuff that was, was, you know, beamed into my brain from infanthood mm was a certain everything's a certain way and and trying to unravel that and rewrite and it's been you know that's been a thing so yeah. that I've had to do and and I don't always do a great job of it but I I'm trying so yeah, yeah. that's all I can do totally so. yeah for me like transitioning and identifying more masculine mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I think at first when I first transitioned I felt very like pressured into having to go to the he pronoun and like being like oh yeah I'm trans man now mm-hmm. but I think later on I realized that like it's totally okay to be fluid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was interesting because when I get identified as a, a male, it were, you know, I was doing an interview the other day and like we were talking about like the privilege of you get to experience both sides. You know, in, on a daily basis, I could be mistaken for a male or a woman, mm-hmm. and um, it's funny because I grew I grew up in, from a culture that was very like, you know, men sit and don't do anything. <laughs> you know, like. Okay, they work, but when they get home, it's like they just sit wait until dinner is served, and when after dinner's done, they come home. The house is clean. Yeah, the laundry's know, done. Then the bed they, is made. Yeah, right? and then they just sit there like on their throne while like the women serve, right? And I hated that as a child. Mm-hmm. And I remember, I you know, thinking to myself, man, like I hate this. Like I don't understand why, you know, my cousin and I were both young, so we're both like you know the worker bees, right? But why does, like, he get to sit and do nothing while I have to clean? Right. You know, and I've always felt so, like, resentful. And so when I transitioned, I I found myself in this conundrum of, like, when I was with my family, like, am I supposed to behave like one of the guys now? Like, and then I realized, like, no, because the whole point is to change that perspective, like, change everyone's perspective so that everyone pitches in. Like, it shouldn't be about gender. Right. right? And so, right. so I think that was nice because, you know, the the rest of my cousins in our generation, they don't fall into that traditional, like... Sure, you know, sure. 
a sexist kind of you know way mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and that was really nice to kind of see like oh I don't have to say anything like right. they're just going to be proactive right. you know right well coming from I mean coming from a very American you know upbringing um, uh, you know white American white middle American upbringing um, uh, there was that whole notion of men went to work and women did that but then you know we, we, there was that shift in the 70s and 80s I mean, all the also also the one income household thing was it's kind of a myth mm-hmm. um, in terms of America and what what we saw on TV you know Donna Reed and all that you mm-hmm. know the housewife thing uh, wasn't as prevalent as the media made it out to be mm-hmm. um, but we had the two income household but it was always the thing where and occasionally my mom my mom would would just throw down her her dish her pot holder and just be like nope not doing it today you know because yeah. she went and worked 40 hours a week too right. my dad worked my stepdad worked 40 hours a week my mom worked 40 hours a week my mom still had to come home and cook and go do the lot go right, do the right. dishes go do you know the kids did the dishes but she would still have to cook she would still have to go and do the grocery right. shopping she would still have to do the laundry and it's just like yeah. And dad would tinker around in the garage. And yeah. that's just kind of the way things were. And when I moved out onto my own and got married the first time, I wanted to be, I wanted to live that way. I wanted to have that male privilege <laughs> yeah. of like, I went and worked all day. I don't want to have to deal with this when I come home. But my, my, but then I was also in the thing where I wasn't really working all the time, but yeah. I sat around and did nothing anyway. But, uh, you know, and, and, but, and and my wife was just like I worked all day and now I'm having to come home and stuff. But now that now that I'm, I still go work all day. But then I help with the groceries and I help yeah. with the laundry. I mean, I do the laundry every Sunday and I help cook sometimes. And mm-hmm. and also teaching our kids that everybody pitches in to do this or that, yeah. and the kids do household chores and that sort of thing. And so mm-hmm. trying to make it less, you know, more gender neutral in terms of who does what. Right. And, uh, you know, we have the joke in our house about women's work, you know, it's yeah, like, yeah. it's like, uh, I'm going to go, I'm going to go do some women's work. I'm going to go change this light bulb or do whatever, you know, or fix <laughs> this, this lock or whatever, you know, and, and that kind of thing. So, but yeah. And, and how a lot of that stuff is changing now and how I've just seen that change in me mm-hmm. over that time or in, in my family life over time and how things were very a certain way when I was a kid mm-hmm. and, you know, we, we grew up. I grew up in the 70s as a kid in the 70s and 80s um, and watching all those old sitcoms where that was in those sitcoms, those TV shows, that was the norm, you know. And so it's funny how people's perspective changes and, and, and especially also learning about other ethnic cultures in terms of what family life is like. Mm-hmm. That's been eye-opening for me too because yeah. my wife is, is three-quarters Latina and um, I have lots of friends who are all different races and things like that, and learning about their family lives as well. Uh, very, very different, you know, and how the family structure and who does what and all that. Yeah. So, and what's expected. Right. Yeah. It was really interesting, and I think our, our generation and the, the younger millennials and, like, so on and so forth, it's like, I'm, I'm so excited to see how it's... Mm-hmm. Gonna evolve mm-hmm. because I'm just you know I did a fashion show back in February, my first one, and uh, one of the, my friends, one of the other designers models, uh, were high school students, and they were there was a couple, they had two two girls, and um, it was so interesting like how 
they just were so different than like the way I grew up, you know, and like how I was so like emotional seeing them hold hands and being so out, you know, at this queer fashion show, yeah, you know, and like yeah. and how like their parents dropped them off to participate yeah. in this, and I just couldn't believe it. I was just like, wow, like we've come such a long way, oh, yeah. you know, yeah. and so I can't imagine when they're gonna turn to parents like when they have their own children like how they're gonna raise their kids and like it's gonna be amazing i really like i look forward to getting older and like seeing how things are gonna evolve for everybody because the the newer generations are just incredible like the way their outlook is Mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. their acceptance their tolerance sure yeah 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 the the kids these days like like aziz ansari said kids these days are too busy downloading every movie ever made or every song ever made to their phone to worry about oppressing each other yeah they're so they're so just not about that at all yeah and you know there's dickheads in every group but it's it's so much more like hey whatever you are whoever you are whoever you want to yeah. be whatever you want to be called fine yeah let's, let's just let's do this yeah at our at the, the school uh, my daughter graduated from they had a a, a, a quote unquote gay prom they had a, a, another prom on prom night mm-hmm. that um, the LGBTQ kids and it wasn't a thing where the school like separate and sanctioned it was the the GSA the Gay Straight Alliance Club decided to do this thing and get money together to have this, uh, a prom that was completely non-oppressive, blah mm-hmm. blah blah, and they, you know they came and p- they did pictures in the park and came mm-hmm. in. And my my daughter has a girlfriend who's a lesbian, mm-hmm. and um, uh, and that, that, that's a that's an interesting conversation to have with people who don't who don't have a lot of experience with you know LGBTQ and all that. It's mm-hmm. like wait, so your your son is now your daughter and has a girlfriend who's a lesbian, but it's like. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. That's exactly it. Yeah. So, um, but the, you know, the pictures and, and, the we went, we went and picked out a suit for, for Taylor, um, that matched, uh, her girlfriend's dress mm-hmm. and a, a tie. And I lent her my hot pink chucks mm-hmm. and she went, you know, with a blue suit, blue, mm-hmm. you know, dark blue suit and mm-hmm. a tie that had blue and pink in it and matched the cobalt, the shirt matched the, it was, um, mm-hmm. so adorable. Wow. So adorable. That's amazing. So. Yeah. But it's a step in the right direction, you know, where, whereas before, 20 years ago or whatever, it'd be completely exclusionary. Oh, it's like, yeah. oh, no, 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 you're not, you're not bringing your, your same sex date oh, yeah. or your whatever. And now there's a, a, a different event, a, a, another, an additional event, um, for people who are LGBTQ. And eventually that'll step, that'll merge into everybody goes to prom with right. whoever they want. Right. And, and that's the way it should be. I didn't yeah. go to prom my senior year. Me either. Yeah. Didn't want to. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I I was like didn't have any money and wasn't dating anybody, yeah. so didn't go. I also just was very against prom. I felt mm. like it was like, why why is this such a big deal? Right. Why is right. there so much pressure? Why are why are kids spending this much money on this? You know, one night like it's lame. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just yeah. felt like it was so yeah. lame. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I totally didn't. I was like, I went to after that. prom. They did after yeah. prom at a fitness center or a, or yeah. a recreational center yeah, at yeah. night, and they had you know we play handball or play video games right, or all right. kinds of stuff. So oh, I went yeah. to after prom. After prom was fun. Yeah. But, but prom was just like meh. Yeah. But you know, one thing I really would love to touch upon since we're talking about like utilizing this podcast, sure, 
um, is that despite you know it is beautiful like how things have progressed and there's a lot more acceptance and it's great but you know the statistics you know obviously are very loud and clear that like the trans community still are mm-hmm. beaten killed oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. every day for, all the for time being different particularly yeah. trans women um, the whole bathroom thing yeah, and all that oh yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I mean that's definitely something I, I think like people need to be educated on. Oh yeah, without question. And and just really like look like dig deep, you know, and, and understand that people just need to pee. Yeah. Like, who the fuck cares? Yeah. Like, and then the majority of any kind of crime that happens in the bathroom are by, sorry, no offense, cis straight men. straight men. Yep. Yeah, you yep. know, like oh, so. Yeah. I don't understand why there's this fuss about. Child molesters, kidnappers, yeah. rapists, blah blah yeah. blah, are straight, straight cis men. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's the statistics. If anything, don't lie. we're the ones scared to use the bathrooms. Right. You know, like right, right. We don't want to, right. but we have no choice because that is like we have to pee. This prescription, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah, and it's just yeah, it's just. All these people boycotting Target and blah. It's like yeah. fine, boycott Target. The yeah. line will be shorter. You know, right, it's like exactly, it's yeah. like fine, boycott Target. I don't care. Yeah. You know, it's like and and I I I thought I've been thinking about getting one of those one of those buttons or one of those things that says you know you can pee with me, pee next to yeah. me or whatever. You know, uh-huh. and just always trying to. It, it's it's one of those things where, and the, again, yeah. that's that whole thing of that balance of not making it about me, but it's that that thing of wanting to have it all of not wanting to be misunderstood and wanting it to have it be known at all times that I'm not going to disenfranchise someone else right. of, of, of this is a safe space you know, within five feet of me is a safe space. Yeah. And, and the, but the really, the only way you can really do that is just by not being a dick. Right. <laughs> that's, yeah, yeah. that's all you can really do, right. you know? And then once you actually get to know someone, you can, you can engender that, 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 you know, safe space element right. as part of your, Relationship, whatever that happens to be, but it's that because so many people have to go through life looking over their shoulder mm-hmm. and yeah. worrying about is this next person I run into going to harm me in some exactly. fashion, yeah. emotionally, physically, whatever, of, of just being able to, and especially also I think about the relationships between men, the traditional things between men and women a lot as well, and women's rights and, and all that, and and just trying to not be one of those guys and have it be just to, 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 to the, the desire to have it to where somebody can stand in proximity to me and relax for a moment and just be like right. nothing's gonna nothing bad's gonna happen right. to me right. you know yeah yeah it's, I, I constantly just battle with you know especially like you know at the airport like whether it's like London airport LAX like you're like racing, right, to try to get to your gate. Like it's already a pretty stressful mm-hmm. time, right? Experience is stressful when you're at the airport, and then you have to pee, right? And then I'm literally standing there, like, which one do I go to today? You know, right. because who are gonna be here? Like, generally, right. it's like depending on where I go, I kind of know. Okay, today I can use this one, or today I can go into here because I know this is a safe space. These are the people who are like I pay attention to who just went to the bathroom. Who's coming out? Like who's in there? You know, yeah. and that's a lot. Oh yeah, right? like that's so much extra that's, work. Yeah, that exactly. Most like, people don't have exactly, to do. and they take it for granted. And it's like, then yeah. I'm standing there, and then sometimes I'll post a photo because I'm like, this is so ridiculous. I have to post something to like vent, you know? Right. 
And then and then you make a choice, and then I walk in, and then depending on if it was the women's bathroom, because generally they are cleaner, so I'm an opportunist in that way. I'm like, I want to go to the cleaner bathroom. <laughs> but then, you know, women have literally, I had a security guard in the airport chasing me down. Like, literally, she's chasing and yelling at me, and I ignore her because I'm thinking, it can't be for me. I'm walking. <laughs> I'm just walking. It can't possibly be for me. But when I got into the women's bathroom... She came running in there after me and was like, Sir, sir, this is a women's bathroom. I'm like, and? <laughs> you know? And she kind of just deer in headlights. Did, like, I'm like, I'm going to pee now, you know? And so I start peeing. And, and she's still standing there just kind of like doesn't know what to do. Right. And then all of a sudden she starts apologizing. And I'm like, it's okay. Like, I'm not mad. But maybe you should take some sort of sensitivity training mm-hmm. maybe chasing me mm-hmm. down publicly like that was unnecessary mm-hmm. you know and also like just why why is it such a big deal right <laughs> like right. i don't get it right. i mean I'm, I'm just coming in to I pee am, i am all for you go to somebody's house that's a gender neutral bathroom exactly that's what i said when you go to concerts and you go to the porta potties they're all gender neutral gender neutral you know <laughs> there are no men's and women's porta parties there yeah. are no men's and women's rooms in a person's home exactly why does that have to be a thing in public i don't know now a changing room right different right but if you have a changing room with divisions per exactly. person who cares exactly at the beach right you know it's yeah. like yeah now they have men's and women's yeah. but it's like it's like it's like so so have so have a, a bathroom that has all stalls and a bathroom that has stalls and urinals and that's it and whichever one you want to use is right. whichever one you want to or have all don't of, even have your ur- urinals or have all of them there's no need for true, urinals that's true well know? yeah yeah the sitting th- but yeah, yeah yeah I mean I if I if people were just more if they just treat public bathrooms like their home bathrooms yeah. we wouldn't have an issue exactly right exactly it would be cleaner yep it would be yep. More pleasant well, smelling, hope. hopefully. Yeah, hope. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, you hope. You yeah. Hope. So. But yeah, I just think, you know, it's it's so amazing when I use, like, restaurant bathrooms, any kind of public bathrooms, and I look at it, I walk in, and I'm just, like, disgusted, and I think, who raised you? Yeah. You yeah. know, like, yeah. what kind of oh, yeah. people oh, yeah. use the bathroom oh, like yeah. this? I mean, it's like it's like the bar scene in, in uh, um, uh, Desperado, you yeah. know, where the, the bathroom is all just, you know... That's where the drug stuff is behind right, the bathroom. Right, right. It's just completely <laughs> yeah. gross, you know. It's yeah. like, and yeah, I'm just like, wow, uh, yeah. yeah. I don't get it. I don't no. get it. Yeah. People just need to be less selfish, you know. Yeah, yeah, and I, More I'm, mindful. I'm hoping that that, you know, I, you know, do we really need all this? gender role stuff. No, I say no. Yeah. Fuck gender roles. You know? You know? And, you know, and, and, and masculine traits and feminine traits or, or behaviors or whatever, and that, and, and if people still want to do them, fine. There is something, there are certain things about the dance between people who are attracted to one another. Mm-hmm. But that, nobody says has like nobody should have to say that dance means you have to do this part of the dance. Right, like right, why right, can't right, we right, just right, decide right, on our own right. what part of the dance we want to do? Exactly. And that's if someone kinda, is right, yeah, if, that's kind of what I was. If getting, you're attracted to, your... to me while I do this part of the dance, that's all that matters, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And if you don't, then obviously we're not meant for one another, right? Right. right exactly. Why does like society have to dictate 
what part we of the need, dance we need to do, do away with with heterogeneity or homogeneity in that in terms of that yeah. like in terms of this sex does this and the, right. you know the prescriptions of all of yeah. that because, yeah because I mean that's why I just you know constantly I'm like saying to people like I look at you I don't think Michael the man I think Michael yeah you know yeah, oh yeah. this guy I'm meeting and I'm enjoying my conversation like sure and like that's it like at no point do I ever think gender for anything no no. like we look at dogs and like I think it's funny because like when I yeah you don't know if a dog is male yeah until you look under the undercarriage and and it it really doesn't matter because it's just about their personality right Right. how how cute they are or whatever like it's so funny like people who just need to genderize everything right right it's so well all of that all of that whole Figuring out what figure out what yeah, it yeah. is that it, it that's still that still yeah. taps me in the back of the totally, head. Yeah. When I see somebody I've never seen, somebody yeah. who doesn't immediately conform to right. one of the you know uh, the binary right. and I immediately start going, oh, I wonder and then I right. go just right. doesn't matter. <laughs> right. It doesn't matter. Totally. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Just yeah. stop. So there is the curiosity factor, but it, it it's there. It's just what was Right. You know, and that whole thing of passing and all right. that, and yeah, it's a, yeah. and and those are the types of things that I've been exposed more to. Those conversations exposed more to in the last few years. Of I had pretty much had male, female, gay, straight, gay by straight figured out a long time ago. Mm. But then there's all this other stuff yeah. that come that 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 follows along right behind that, right along with that, right. and and those are the things that I'm and 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 the the terms of the differences between and I was really kind of hit to the differences between identity and sexuality yeah. only in the last couple of years. So a lot of that I'm still all new conversations right. for me. So, right. so it's it's a lot to learn, and I'm happy to to learn it um, and struggle with it and and get to a better place with it. Um, because I know it's ultimately, if I can, if I can understand it better, it's going to be helpful for everybody, right. you know, yeah. in that, in terms of that. Yeah. Um, cause I, I just want to be a good guy who live and who lives and let lives, you know, yeah, kind of thing. Totally. So, yeah. You know, there's things I like to do that most people don't consider quote unquote normal. So right. why should anybody else, right. you know, whatever. So yeah. what's normal, right? So, um, what uh, what kind of uh, like media? I see you got a couple of game consoles, uh-huh, and, and yeah. uh, what kind of media are you consuming lately? What kind of things are you watching or playing or listening to, or or well, do you even have time because yeah. of your work? Yeah, I haven't played a game in so long. Uh, I do watch a lot of Netflix because it's the only time. Like I, I force myself to decompress every mm-hmm. night. Sometimes sure. I w- work till like three, four in the morning. Oh yeah, and, yeah, sure. Um, and then I'm like. I just need to shut off my brain and like just be a vegetable for a little bit before I go to bed. Mm-hmm. So I'll just lay here and like watch some like old episodes of Grey's Anatomy. Or oh sure, Game of Thrones. I mean, I'm into like Penny Dreadful, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which just ended and I was so sad. Yeah, we, <laughs> my wife and I just started oh, really? Penny Dreadful it's, season one, episode yeah. one, a couple nights ago, yeah, and then we yeah. fell asleep and had to start it over again last night with a friend of ours over. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, we're enjoying Penny Dreadful a lot. Yeah, so that's great. It's gonna be so good. You're gonna <laughs> love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Ava Green just is she's electric. She's yeah, electric. She's right. amazing. I, 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 my first exposure to her was with, um, with uh, um, a Casino Royale. But then I went back and saw, um, oh, what was the French movie with her and Michael yeah. Pitt? Um, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah, that one was really good. Yeah, and then there's been other things that she's been in too, yeah. and. 
Um, I didn't see the 300 sequel, but um, but just everything I've seen her in, she's just yeah. she just, yeah. just has that fire that's just it's those eyes, those man. Those eyes and that, <laughs> yeah. that piercing, just yeah. like dagger totally, eyes stare. Yeah. So great, so great. I'm sometimes so mortified by her because like she's so good, you know. You forget like this is not real. Yeah, yeah <laughs> like, she's yeah. so fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I have, like, the biggest crush on her. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> yeah. so let's see, what else do I watch? Um, well, I just went to Outfest. Okay. So I saw a couple of films, documentaries, uh, that were just phenomenal. Like, yesterday I saw The Trans List. Mm-hmm. Uh, great, like, Matt Laverne Cox and, you know, all these amazing people, you know, that shared their very, you know, honest emotional stories of you know how they came about and what it means for them to be trans and to fight for the rights and I mean it's just everyone should watch it right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because that's gonna be something that's so eye opening the trans list okay. yeah uh, then I also saw Catch One about Jewel uh, oh yeah Thais Williams well, I used yeah. to go to uh, Grand Couture Karaoke used yeah. to be there every every Monday night for uh, years and years and years and yeah. so I spent a fair amount of, and then uh, Das Bunker and a couple yeah, other yeah. clubs mm-hmm. that have been there for You're a long right. time and so yeah. yeah yeah, I remember the first time I went to the Catch it was like I remember just walking in and, and being like this, this is everything. Like, and nothing that I've ever been to has been sure. like that. Yeah, and uh, just like electrifying time. That like I, I danced that I sweat. Mm-hmm. I was dripping in sweat and just dancing with all sorts of people. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. It was amazing. I really wish that it didn't go away. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, but I understand she should focus on other things that she wants to do. Sure. She does amazing work. Yeah. She's such an inspiration. Like mm-hmm. if I could be like one percent of what she's done for the community, I would feel like I'm I'm doing something, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other the other great thing about Jewel is is the the not only for the for the LGBTQ community, but also for people of color as well. That's yeah. another great thing is because there is there is the LGBTQ struggle, but even within that oh, yeah. community, there's there's oh, racial stuff that oh, happens yeah. as well. So there's racial divisions as yeah, well. Yeah, I mean, forty and something years ago, she started. You oh, know, yeah. and it's like oh, yeah. people tried to burn her building down. Right. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. and it was like either because she was black or a woman. <laughs> yeah. Or both. Yeah. And queer. Yeah. You know, like. It's and then the, I think a lot of people forget like people who are minorities, mm-hmm. and I, I feel this like I feel like that was part of my struggle right my life is that like not only was it hard because I was a minority, mm-hmm. but then mm-hmm. I was a female, mm-hmm. and I was gay mm-hmm. right I was like man triple fucking triple threat yeah, right like yeah. it's like there's no other like struggle besides the person who has like the multiple minority struggle right 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 um so i really just i'm so like in awe of her because of how she literally like had nothing but Mm -hmm. still was able to give so much Mm -hmm. yeah sure Uh, and then starting a clinic like a health clinic clinic and the club yeah yeah, Yeah. and like watching all her friends die from aids Mm -hmm. and like Mm -hmm. providing a space for them even when nobody knew what the disease was like mm-hmm. you know I mean mm-hmm. it's just, just so courageous yeah. so that's what I mean about being selfless and like mindful yeah. you know like yeah. we all need to be like that yeah you know yeah so 
the other film I saw was Strike a Pose, mm-hmm. which was a documentary about the dancers that were part of the Blonde Ambition tour with Madonna. Mm-hmm. And that was, oh my god, it just was like, my heart just, I wanted to like just go hug all of them. Yeah. Because like they were all in their like late teens, early 20s during a time when AIDS was just happening. Oh, yeah. And they were, some of them were gay. Most of them were gay, I think, except for one dancer. And, you know, they went from being kids to all of a sudden, like, famous, right? Traveling the world. And then when the tour was over, they were like, okay, now what? Now what? Yeah, yeah. you know, like, where do you go from there? How do you go back to real, <laughs> yeah. regular 9 to 5 yeah. life after that? And then I didn't know, like, they all struggled. They were all on drugs. Three of them got, were HIV positive. Like, mm-hmm. it was just like, wow, like, that was... I was so glad I got to see that because, yeah. like, you know, you just don't know. Like, and the, and they didn't know that they were such an inspiration for such a generation of people who were like, wow, you know, whether they were like gay or straight or queer or trans or whatever. Like, they were all inspiring to many people who who hadn't been able to be out, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, I, I mean, that film was, I think, very uh, groundbreaking. You know, they allowed a lot of very gay or queer behavior. Sure. And uh, it was totally normal. Right. I mean, the news, I remember, like, made such a big deal mm-hmm. about it. But mm-hmm. but it was groundbreaking. Yeah. And, and so, for me, it was very inspiring. I'm, I'm a huge Madonna fan. Like, you can tell. I shot that oh. photo in Vegas when I went to see her. Oh, wow. And, uh... Oh, very cool. Yeah. Very was, cool. I remember just being like, this is my dream come oh, true, yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> like... Now, wasn't wasn't Truth or Dare also from the Blonde Ambition tour? Yes. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. So yeah. there was a fair amount of yeah. behind the scenes of some of that as well. Yeah. And, and so, but this yeah. sounds like more of a concentrated on the background dancers yeah, and stuff. So, exactly, yeah, exactly, yeah. Right. And, and it was uh, really cool to see them, like, have a reunion, like... Sure. What, 30 years later? Yeah, oh, know? yeah, yeah. And, like, they all grew up, you yeah. know? And yeah, yeah survived HIV and right. like one of them passed away but it was really amazing like seeing how they overcame their struggles mm-hmm. their drug addictions and whatnot, and like found peace and like now are thriving sure you know and I hope that this film will help help them even further you know yeah that's great get that's back great. part of that life that they lost yeah yeah yeah, so. yeah there's there's an there's a there's an element to the entertainment a, a, dis, a disposability element yeah. to the entertainment industry that yeah. that yeah, yeah. That a lot of people struggle to find mm. things and a lot of people turn to drugs or or self harm of some right. some fashion because right. they they have everything and then it gets taken away very very quickly right. yeah yeah it is sad like how I feel like society has deemed like celebrities to be so disposable sure like you bet because. The nature of the business is like the moment you're no longer a box office hit, there's somebody else coming along that will take that spot right. who was dying yep. to take that spot, yep. right? Yep. Yep. And there's like millions of them trying mm-hmm. to take that spot. Mm-hmm. So like the hunger, be, yeah, the hunger the people come up behind and the but it's so hungry. sad because like people need to remember these are human beings. Oh yeah, human like, beings. Hello, <laughs> they're not yeah. just these characters you see on TV. And I think like with reality TV, it really blurs this line of like mm-hmm. what's real and what's not. And I feel like even with the fact that like. Trump is running for president is a prime example oh, yeah. of that. And he's like, been around since, yeah, since the eighties. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, just, we were we were seeing him in the news back then. Exactly. Even, even, so, 
And I don't, I mean, I don't understand. Like, when I was a kid, I remember thinking, like, he was a cool guy. Uh, yeah. You know? And, yeah. And, I, like, we would go to the Trump building and take photos and be like, oh, Donald Trump, you know? And I'm just, I don't know at what point, when did he turn <laughs> to this crazy person? But he's kind of always you know? been that way. Really? Because but he's just been in insulated. In the 80s, I don't remember him being like that. He, well, he was always... I saw him a lot on chat shows and a lot in like interviews and a lot of little uh, kind of soundbite mm-hmm. type shows, entertainment type shows and stuff. And he was just always that brash, outspoken mm-hmm. pitch man, that salesman, that mm-hmm. bat, you know, salesman who 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 hawks, who cons people into buying shitty things. And mm-hmm. and you know his casinos were that way. His mm-hmm. champagne was that way. I mean, just everything his that steaks. he did, every the steaks, <laughs> his fucking steaks, restaurants, whatever. But yeah. just all these failed venture after failed venture yeah. all propped up on this ego mm. this 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 egotistical persona mm. of false quality and that's mm. kind of how I always saw him and, and that's the way his presidential campaign is it's right. the same thing yeah uh, Donald to me Donald Trump hasn't really changed at all mm. but America's tolerance for him has uh. because of all of the various ways in which we are all divided mm-hmm. by by finance, by race, by the media, by this, by that, mm-hmm. everybody's pissed off and and so pissed off to where they'll do something, they'll make really, really dumb decisions in order to just have something different. Mm-hmm. Because by and large, people's lives, you still have to get up go to work every day and work more hours for less money mm. and um, or for the same money that you did 20 years ago and there's still a mortgage to pay there's still food to put on the table there's still all everything things, else is costing more and everything else costs more but you're not making any more money and everybody's pissed off at that and so they're going to go with anything that's different from what the status quo has been right. and it's the wrong way to go with that yeah it's the wrong way to go with yeah. that so So that's where we are. Yeah. So I'll put links to those those uh, documentaries up. Those sound yeah. really good. Um, and you said you've been watching Penny Dreadful, um, the last Penny Dreadful, the new season. You finished the new season, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the whole series the is whole, over. Yeah, yeah, the whole series. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the series I was finale. Like, I didn't. I wasn't expecting it. Got canceled it to just, before yeah. season four. Yeah. I wasn't expecting it. So when it just ended, I was like, It's like Deadwood. Well, the all dead, <laughs> Deadwood went away mid season. Just, oh, just gone. Really. Just gone. <laughs> We never got resolution. Although they're talking about, they're actually talking about shooting like a six episode wrap up for Deadwood oh, or something. That's cool. There's been a lot of talk about that yeah. lately. So, yeah. Um, so, um, anything else you've been watching or would you recommend to people at all? Or uh, God, I watched so many things. I think I, I love Scandal, mm-hmm. um, House of Cards. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Obviously, Orange is the New Black. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah my wife just finished the yeah. latest series of that. Yeah, I know. It's Netflix has changed the way I think people watch things oh, because, like, we're so like I can't even imagine anymore like having to wait week by week. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How did we used to yeah. do that? <laughs> yeah, Game yeah. of Thrones or so, certain 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 shows you do that with, but now that you yeah. think produced by Netflix or Amazon or whatever, like, yeah. You know, transparent or orange and right. black. Or yeah, it's transparent. I've been watching Maria Bamford series, um, uh, Lady Dynamite, mm-hmm. or Daredevil, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Where you can just watch the whole thing in one shot right, if you right. want to. Yeah. So, yeah. Downton Abbey, I Downton like Abbey, those yeah. too. Yeah. Cool. But yeah. 
Well, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts, and a lot of my podcasts that I've listened to forever have all gone on, on hiatus, almost unannounced. Mm. Um, so I've been seeking out new ones, and I've been really, really loving the Jackie and Lori show, uh, which is a Nerdist podcast. It's Jackie Cation, Lori Kilmartin, and they, they're female comedians, and they talk about what it's like to be female comedians in this very, very male-centric mm. career and, 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 uh, and uh, occupation and everything that goes with that, the, the, the ups and the downs, the good, the positives and the negatives, and it's very, very good. And through them, I've heard heard and it's been a really eye-opening thing because you know a lot of comedy we've heard has been very dude centric and the last last couple of years I've been kind of shying away from white dude stuff mm. I'm kind of done with that mm. I don't want to see a Seth Rogen movie anymore I don't yeah. want to see an Adam Adam uh, uh, Adam Sandler movie I don't want to you know the, that kind of bores me I'm even actually getting to the point where I'm kind of bored with Marvel movies um, I didn't go see uh, Civil War, and I, you know, things like right. that. So I am look. I did go see. Uh, we went and saw uh, Ghostbusters yesterday. Mm-hmm. Fucking loved it. It was yeah. so good. It was yeah. made me so happy. It made all yeah. of us. My wife and we went with a friend of ours, and we all just laughed and clapped and yeah. giggled and and just and just stomped our feet and just had such a good time with yeah. it. And you know, I, I don't care what anyone says. It's a good movie, and it it, it does. It, it's 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 its own entity, but it does a very good job of also paying homage to you know what came before, yeah. and you know the cameos in it, and it's just it's funny and well written, and the special effects are good, and it's just it's everything I wanted it to be mm-hmm. and more, and it was really good, um, and so, uh, where was I? Oh, so um, podcasts. Um, wow, I completely lost my train of thought, but. Uh, uh, in terms of, um, let me collect my thoughts here again. The other podcast that I got through uh, Jackie and Lori was Two Dope Queens, mm-hmm. um, and I Sex Nerd Sandra mentioned that podcast as well, and I started mm-hmm. listening to it, and I've been really enjoying that. Again, it's two female comedians, but they are black comedians, and they're East Coast mm-hmm. instead of West Coast. Mm-hmm. So there's all these other different perspectives, and it's open, expanding my consciousness in terms of the comedy world. Uh, not also, not only to mention the um, not only to mention the the whole in terms of of non-white male culture, you know, the, uh, getting away from white male culture and hearing stuff involved not in that, and that's what kind of what I've been gravitating toward, gravitating away from, mm-hmm. moving away from uh, is white male culture into other things, and this has been been um, delighting me in those kinds of ways as well. And I've had a few Twitters tweets back and forth mm-hmm. with the, the ladies who do that show. And then through them, they also have another podcast called So Many White Guys. <laughs> and it's one of them, one of the comedians from, um, I can't remember if it's um, Jennifer or, um, well, it's one of the two comedians from there. And they have another podcast with a different comedian. And they always have on a guest who's does comedy or does entertainment who's not a white guy. Mm-hmm. It's somebody who's either a person of color or who's a female mm-hmm. and only having those guests and only talking about work that's not white dude right, stuff. Right. So that again, that's right in my wheelhouse yeah, right yeah, now and yeah. really, really enjoying that. And that just started. So I haven't actually listened to it yet, right. but I'm already recommending it cause I'm, I know I'm already going to love yeah. it. So podcasts, uh, I feel like there's this like, I don't know, maybe to me it's like a hidden culture that I wasn't really aware of. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but I have friends who like, you know, they like any 
topic you mentioned, they'll be like, oh, that, you know, they talked about this on, on this podcast, right, right? right? And I'm just like, what is this all about? Like, I have not really been exposed. Like, I've been interviewed a few times on a podcast, but, like, I think I just don't, uh, I haven't, haven't gotten into it. So yeah. it was really interesting to listen to yours this morning. And, and I'm always, as I'm listening, I'm thinking to myself, like, people will, like, like it was a very long podcast. It was like an hour yeah. and like a half. Well, we're at, we're at an hour and a half now. Are we? So, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I'm so. like, who who has time to sit there and listen to this stuff? <laughs> the car. I listen in the Is car. Is it okay? Yeah, yeah. So then you're just streaming from your phone type of thing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Or yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, because I literally, yeah, I guess like I don't use my phone in that way. I'm like using it for the map. <laughs> mm-hmm. sure, sure, yeah. sure. Well, I do that too. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, but so. that's really interesting. That, yeah. but but apparently it's, it's like a huge thing. Well, the great thing about podcasts that I like is a typical TV or radio interview is only a few minutes. Yeah, and then maybe and a comedian will stick around for an hour, yeah. but they only get those you know ten minute breaks or you know like you you only hear them for like twenty minutes throughout the hour. Mm. With a podcast, you get somebody actually sitting down and talking in depth about a variety of things for an hour, whatever right. kind of grind. And that's kind of where I do with this is mm. is sit down and really talk to somebody and find out what makes them tick, where they're from, what they do, why they do what they right. do, where what what drives them, what motivates them, what their pro- creative process is right. and all that. And it's really, it's more of a human thing. It's, some, it's that thing of, of talking to an individual, not, right. not providing a soundbite, not yeah. providing a little tiny compartmentalized boxed blurb right. about somebody, Really getting into the person and 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 treating someone as an individual. Right. And that's what I like about it. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, and I I really enjoyed this because also it was like not like it wasn't like we're sitting here trying to plug my company. Like it was literally just having a conversation. Exactly. Yeah. And I love exactly. That. Yeah. And you notice, you know, I started without saying yeah, yeah. an announcement. We just get right into yeah. it, and it's that thing of everybody's guard is down. You don't because right. you know people kind of zip up and and put on their face when they're doing right, their right. when they're talking about their thing. Yeah, this is just just people talking, and that's what I like about yeah. it. Yeah, cool. Well, thank you for it's having been, me. Hey, certainly, it's been yeah. really really great getting to know you. Yeah, uh, plug your stuff. Where can people find you online? NickCasey.com, N I K K A C Y dot com. I'm also on Facebook, uh, Instagram. Twitter as Nick Casey Footwear. Um, yeah, check it out. Great. Yeah, support. We will. We'll yeah. plug all your stuff and put yeah. put everything up on the blog post and all that. Awesome. So thanks for your time. Yeah, I really appreciate you. it. Um, I'm at St. Michael, and best of luck to you in business too. I'm really, really hoping this this becomes a thing I know, that takes me too. off. Yeah, this will be me great because it's. I think it's it's not, a, not necessarily in terms of your success. Yeah, it's something that's necessary exactly. for people. Yeah, and I think the world yeah. needs this. So. And and I think also it inspires other people exactly. to do, exactly. do more. Yeah, exactly. So, so I'm at St. Michael on Twitter. That's S A Y N T M Y K L. Check out our blog. Listen to past episodes on something2xp.net. We are everywhere online as something2xp. Please subscribe and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music Podcasts. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Like us on Facebook and Google+. Email us at something2xp at gmail.com. And remember, please be kind. You've just listened to the Something Something Experience podcast with your host, Michael John Simpson. Something 2XP was conceived and produced by Michael John Simpson. Intro music, Ways to Change Faces, and outro music, Scorpio 37, was written, produced, and provided by the talented Sebastian Cesari. Please visit our website and blog at something2xp.net. You can find us online everywhere as Something2XP. 
please subscribe and review us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and find us now on Google Play Music. Please follow us on Twitter and Instagram and like us on Facebook and Google+. Please help support our podcast and get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash something2xp. Email us at something2xp at gmail.com. We invite your feedback. Please be kind.